it's underrated how many people need to hear our lamentations or our lamenting because we literally live in a society where everyone is obsessed with showing that I'm perfect, showing that I'm perfect, showing I have it all together. But the secret is none of us have it all together. Okay, action. Good morning, beautiful people, and welcome to Create with Kendra, where you can be inspired, challenged, and changed. Yes, you are listening to Emmanuel Hecke, and no, this is not Monday. This is still Wednesday morning, and we decided to switch things up a little bit. You know, Kendra, ha- Kendra has had many guests on this show, but uh, I don't know. We, we decided to we wanted to bring in a very special guest this time. We couldn't think of anything, anybody more special than the woman herself. Everyone give a round of applause. Kendra, welcome to your show. <laughs> welcome to my <laughs> show. It's so good to be here, Emmanuel. <clears throat> no, I'm happy. I'm happy we did this. This is very like spur of the moment let's go let's switch it up let's do something really yes, special definitely. so good morning ladies and gentlemen that's something that i would say on my show good morning ladies and gentlemen um before we get into everything of course you know i have to infiltrate this podcast and remind you guys that very soon we'll be having our unassociated poetry jam the fourth time we'll be having this show um kendra is actually someone who has performed that all past three Yes, she has. Kendra is a poet. She's a spoken word artist. She is a singer. She is, she on. does it all, folks. Um, but yeah, if you guys want to send in you guys' auditions to be a part of that show, the deadline is this Saturday, November 20th. And we actually just got confirmation on a musical performer. We got mm. confirmation on the band, the live mm. band, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, live. And we also got confirmation on the venue and the dates. January 29th uh yeah January 29th Saturday it's going down it's going down from San Diego California but that's enough about that that's enough about that it's Kendra's turn we're bringing Kendra to the red table we want to know more about Kendra and I will say just like it's harder to I guess one thing for you to like you know and you can probably add to this if you like it's one thing for you to like get on here and talk about yourself right but Mm -hmm. it's another thing to have somebody interview you and ask you certain questions to make you dig deeper than you normally do you know what i'm saying yeah for sure a hundred so i guess you can i guess you can consider yourself the black spotlight creative entrepreneur of this week yes (laughs) let's do it Let's get into it before we actually before we get into the real nitty gritty stuff. I have to I have to do what you do to everybody else. I have to. Uh, <laughs> we're I'm gonna nervous. play off the dome. I'm so it actually it. took me like thirty minutes to come up with three questions. <laughs> we're gonna thinker. ask it to you. Have to answer it off the dome. All right. All right. I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. You ready? Okay. Cool. So first question is: What is your favorite Bible verse of all time? Oh, I right love you some. Proverbs 16 and 3, commit your works into the Lord and he will establish your plans. Boom. Period. 
Amen. Amen. Very nice. How will you do with this one? What is your favorite thing to cook of all time? Not just now, of all time. Of all times? That's not fair. Yeah. Um, Lately, this is what I'll say. Lately, I have been really good at creating my own white sauce for my pastas from scratch. Now, if I do like a shrimp um, pasta with some chicken in there, that's that's really good. My jambalaya is really good. You said one, so I'm going to stop there. Yeah, I was about to say. (laughs) I'm getting hungry. For sure. And for this last question, if you could have dinner with any person in the history, who would it be? And I know Christians always like to say Jesus. So besides besides Jesus, Jesus. who would it be? Mm, In history. Yeah. I would love to sit across the table from Harriet Tubman. Mm, she was such i mean just an amazing person talk about courage bravery absolutely 100 percent harriet tubman okay well it looks like you made it through your own game off the (laughs) dome everybody give kendra a round of applause and let's get to it let's get to it um, you know, I asked Kendra before this episode of what she wanted to talk about, and we had a couple ideas, but I asked Kendra a question, um, and I think that that's where we're going to really start off with this episode. It's what's something, what's the most challenging thing that you deal with now? Like, what's the biggest challenge for you in your Christian walk? I know everybody would love to hear this. Man, um, my biggest challenge in my Christian walk is being in the valley. I know when we get on Instagram and sometimes when, just just how we present ourselves as a people, we present our best selves, a polished version uh, version of who we are, but you never really know what people are going through. And being in the valley for me is the toughest part of being a Christian. 100%. Really? How would you describe the valley? Like in those times, like what what are some like words that kind of really capture how you'd feel in those moments? Yeah, lonely. If you can mm-hmm. really just and I want whoever's listening to this just to sit or or if these words resonate, give some snaps, give an amen or something. <laughs> the word loneliness. Um, mm-hmm. being patient. I would say pain. Um, a fruit of the spirit, long suffering. Mm. That's what I would call my valley. That's what I would yeah. call it. Um, so you, I remember you told a story that you gave your life to Christ when you were nine, right? Yeah. Was it nine? Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> See, look, I, I got a memory now. <laughs> um, so I would say that if you could remember, like, did you think, did you expect that values were going to continue to persist, persist after you became a Christian? Like, cause I feel like a lot of people, you know, they become a Christian and they kind of have this idea. And I think this idea spurs from a lot of, you know, just uh, the human nature of trying to make it seem like we have it all together. So like a lot of people were tricked into thinking that when they became a Christian, that everything was just going to be peachy, you know? Did you expect to still experience valleys when you became a Christian? Um, the the way in that I accepted Christ was 
I had an understanding of what suffering was, like an idea of what it was. And you have your own, you know, trials and tribulations when you're a child, right? I would honestly say that I didn't I didn't necessarily think that it would end, but I would always have Jesus to get me through. Mm. But there are different right. levels when it comes to suffering, right? There are different um scenes, I would say, different elements, severities of it. So the the more stronger you get, the more heavier and intense they are. Mm. No, I feel that. I feel that. I mean, like, in my personal journey, I must say that I feel like there was a point in my life where I didn't expect life to be hard. You know, like, and and God has really shown me personally, like, even with that episode of, of Grace that I did, I've really been living with this idea that because I'm a Christian, I'm good and because I'm good, bad things aren't supposed to happen to me. Like, you know, and that really is living in this mindset of just being justified by your works. You know, like, do you feel like you've ever struggled with that? Yeah, definitely. And there was an episode that you did about that, right? Like justifying by works and stuff and how, um, and this is one of my favorite ep- uh, episodes from Church Boy Confessions because it really spoke to to it was it was just such a real episode that everyone can relate to mm-hmm. if you just sit with it. The idea of we're never going to be satisfied. We're never going to come to a place to where we have no issues, mm-hmm. no troubles, no heartache, no pain, no challenges. We'll never get there until we see Jesus. Yeah. Until we meet him. Yeah. But sometimes we we think in our mind, if I have this, if I achieve this, if I get this, if I earn this amount of money, if I buy this house, if I go to this school, it'll eliminate a lot of things. But what we do for ourselves as a disservice is that we believe that that fantasy, because that's all it really is. And when it doesn't come to pass and you still have issues and you still deal with stuff, it's like you're striving for something that's never ending. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I. You know what's crazy is that I feel like starting off with unassociated, I had like some idea that being 100% fully fulfilled and content was something that was attainable in this life you know but recently I've kind of been wrestling with that just because like a part of me is thinking of the reality of as long as we have this flesh and as long as we have a set of sinful desires isn't there always going to be space for us to be discontent or always going to be space for us to fall and struggle and be tempted and so on and it's like this is just things that i've been thinking because like i feel like one of the reasons why we find ourselves in the valleys all the time right is because not because our lives are absolutely terrible but it's because our lives don't look like the way we want it to look or like we 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 were we were hoping for it to look right because we've been chasing this this thing like we've been chasing this fulfillment 
But when you read your word, like you get all the way to the end of Revelations, right? And you get to that part where God is saying that there's no more pain now. There's no more suffering now. There's no more sorrow now. Like you get to the part where it's talking about a new heaven and a new earth. And it's talking about you got many mansions talking about a place called New Jerusalem. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like personally, and maybe, maybe you can relate to this, but personally, like I have been influenced by trying to attain my heaven here on earth Mm. you know what i'm saying like the the perfection of life here on earth and i I honestly think that it's been toxic for me yeah and in addition to that how often do we see um examples of christians that say i struggle with this i struggle with x y and z it's like Mm -hmm. Do we hear that? Do we hear Christians that talk about they struggle with depression? They struggle with addiction. Man. So when we when we hear or see Christians, it's like I'm st- I'm trying to obtain or to get to this perfect image that I see other people have. And then I have yeah. dreams and goals of my own that I'm still trying to strive for. And what does that yeah. mean when you when you're in this pursuit, you're not getting where you want to get, and then you feel like a failure. Right. Yeah. Excuse me. I think that happens to all of us. Is what's funny is that like even as we're pursuing this like life of contentment and this life of, you know, perfection, we're even trying to tell everyone that our life is perfect or act like our life is perfect. You know what I'm saying? Like our social media fees look like that. You know, the way we behave look like that. Like, I feel like Christians are either stereotyped to be super judgmental and hypocritical or they're stereotyped to be fake happy all the time. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like super, yay, like giddy, like all that stuff. I'll tell you, man, I get around some people like that. Like, and you think, I I don't know. Like, I just kind of sit back because I don't know. I like to... I guess what it's called is wear your heart on your sleeve. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I feel like we as Christians need to start wearing our heart on our sleeve and be okay with like saying, hey, you know what? I'm feeling some type of way today because that's, let me tell you this, like aside from it being complaining and murmuring, because I feel like that's two different things. Like, you know what I'm saying? Being transparent with your feelings and like just complaining all the time. I think that's two different things. But I feel like Christians... A part of it is we do need to be transparent with our emotions, right? Because that's a part of evangelism. Let someone see you suffer today. So then when you're on top tomorrow, they're going to ask you why. And there's a platform you have to talk about Jesus Christ, you know? Yeah, I got a question about that. I, I feel like I'm I'm yeah. struggling with that now. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I'll tell you how. I have a very good performance. I do. Mm. When I feel like I am on my last straw, on my last leg, my last whatever, my last everything, right? I I can I can perform. Mm. But as of late, I just I don't know what it is. I can't really put my finger on it. I feel like I've been more I've been emoting more. Mm. 
I've been yeah. more sensitive to the spirit. And, and also, like, when I'm not okay, it's hard for me to put that mask on now. Because before, I can put that thing mm. on and just yeah. go. But now, I'm like, I don't want to wear it. And when I Do don't want to like wear it. Tired? Pardon me? Like, why Why is that? Like, are you just tired or is it you feel like something has changed? Both. Both. Mm. And I don't want to have to put on a mask all the time. And yeah. my, re- and it's, and it's sometimes I feel, I feel like I just don't have the strength to pick it up to put it on. Cause yeah. sometimes I try to put it on so I can avoid the questions of is Kendra all right? Look at Kendra. She, she look, you know, cause people get start chitter chattering and like different narratives come up and it just becomes a whole mess. And so the way that I have tried to avoid that mm. is by putting on a mask of I'm okay. Mm. Right. But as of lately, I can't put it on anymore. <laughs> and now, now I'm I'm hearing, is Kendra all right? You know what I'm saying? And I'm just like, yeah. I don't know what to do. <laughs> I don't know what to do because you can't really. My question to you is like, how do you not fake it or not cover it up? Um, and not like let everybody know your business at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Cause That's some, actually crazy. No, I'm sorry. Continue, continue. Because like some people, you should not confide yeah. in whatsoever because they busybodies <laughs> and not busybodies in a good yeah. way. Busybodies as they is messy and they don't have your your back or intentions and they they, they just will mess over you. But there are but yeah. what I've learned in the process, which I still have not figured out, y'all, um, is that. Mm-hmm. God has sent me people um, that he speaks to, to speak to the very pain, to speak to the very hurt, to speak to the specific problem, right? And so I have these people that the Lord set in place for me. But for the other folks, Emmanuel, how do you, how do you deal with that? That's that is a very big question and it's a very challenging question. And this is why I love to have conversations because my mind doesn't even think the same way. You know, like in my head, I'm thinking that the only reason why people cover up is because they want to make it seem like their life's all together, like as a prideful thing. But I've never considered the fact that there are some people that cover up because to protect themselves from being the the topic of people's conversations because of gossip. You know, and like just kind of side note, I feel like this really shows you the dangers of gossip and how it can really affect people. Like even if it's like you're not, you know, spreading the worst news about someone, but just the fact that another person can be paranoid that you could be gossiping about them and then their behavior changes because of that. That's that's just something interesting. But I'll be honest with you. I'll just I'll just say like how I how I approach it all Um, because, you know, I I think that maybe there's room for alternative, you know, solutions. Right. But with me, I'm same as you, where I have these set amount of people 
that I tell everything about and I'm completely transparent with. I'll tell them the details of everything. Right. Um, But then there's also the people that you have that, you know, you're not going to tell your business because if you tell them your business, everybody knows your business. And that's just that. Right. But one thing that I think I've done and I believe it's been beneficial for me is just being wise about how much you tell. And like you really have to like rely on the wisdom of the Lord to direct how much you tell different people. So like for example, if I'm if I'm actually feeling bad, like right, I'm not feeling I'm not feeling it that day. Then the reality is that, you know, if somebody that I don't really trust or know is going to ask me what's going on, I'm not going to spill out to them everything that's going on, but I'm going to tell them that I'm not feeling good that day. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to tell them like, yeah, I just got a lot to figure out or whatever, whatever type of vague statement I need to give in order to at least express how I feel. I don't have to tell you why I feel why, why I feel like or what I feel like in complete detail. But I am going to tell you how I'm feeling, you know, and I think that when you are able to notice the discrepancy between those things, like then you can at least manage how much you tell people um just to get your point across i hope that makes sense it does it does because how think about how many people you go to church with or you go to work with and you ask them how they're doing and they say i'm blessed and highly favored oh i'm doing good i'm doing great and i remember um we we were actually talking about this maybe a couple years ago and you said like when somebody asks you how you're doing, do they really expect you to give the truth? Yeah. Do they expect you to actually answer this honestly or give a generic delivery, you know, a generic answer to that? Because if we really ask yeah. people how they're doing, and for those that aren't okay, what do you do then? Yeah. Yeah, I think um, I'm reminded of, you know, we kind of have an entire books, I guess you say, or a book in the Bible where there's a lot of transparency. And that is Psalms. You know, like we're actually talking about it in class um, and how like some theologians would try to like argue that, you know, the psalmists were like bipolar because they would start off a lot of the psalms by like, you know, in sorrow and lamenting, you know, and then they'd end it off with somehow praising God and stuff like that. But I feel like that's something that we should actually take note of, you know, like there is a place for lament, you know, Um, like there's a place for that. Because the psalm isn't complete without it. Like the psalm isn't complete about like without knowing the reason why someone is calling on the Lord. You know what I'm saying? Um, That's why I would really tie the entire conversation to evangelism because like it can be a stranger too. Like I understand that not everybody wants to hear the things that we have to say. And like, you know, you know when it's those people, right? And like, you know, you'll just act accordingly afterwards. But I think it's underrated how many people need to hear 
our lamentations or our lamenting because we literally live in a society where everyone is obsessed with showing that I'm perfect, showing that I'm perfect, showing I have it all together. But the secret is none of us have it all together. And you'll be surprised and like from experience, you will be surprised the type of turn your conversation goes when you're actually somewhat transparent with someone and tell them I'm not too hot today, you know. And if you're someone who is confident like you are, like you said from the very beginning, you knew that you were going to go through valleys, but you always depend on the Lord, right? If you're someone who is confident on the Lord, you being transparent with them opens up a conversation because next they're going to ask you about how everything's going again in like a month's time. And then there is your window to share your testimony. So I guess I would say that, sure, there's always going to be people who don't want to hear what you have to say. There's going to be people who don't care and all that different stuff. Just like there are people who don't care when you spread the gospel, right? But there's a part of us being transparent that goes into our evangelism efforts where the story starts off with a conversation where you're telling somebody I'm I'm in a bad situation. And then the next conversation you guys have Maybe God has already brought you through that situation. And now you're telling that person about the same situation and how God brought you through it. And that then gives you an on-ramp to telling them about Jesus Christ and how you're going to be confident moving forward because of Jesus, you know? So that is a very long-winded way of saying that even if someone doesn't care, it sounds like they don't care, like... Or even if it's someone that you don't trust, we need some measure of transparency in how we move. We need some measure of transparency about telling people how we feel when we are going through rough times. Because this is a part of our ministry. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Um, I loved how you mentioned... (laughs) I love how you mentioned Psalms because Psalms is an excellent representation of the human experience. One day, you know, you get a check in the mail. Oh, praise you, Lord. Lord's providing food on the table. He didn't provided you a job and scholarship. All right. And then your car break down. And then you lose a family member. And then you can't afford Mm -hmm. to pay rent. And then your enemy is after you trying to kill you. And you're like, yeah. Lord, where are you? Why have you forsaken me? It's like, it is the human experience. Yeah. It truly is. And also, like, transparency saves lives because it allows people to see that everything is not perfect. Everything is not together. How many people give up on Christ or or won't even attempt a walk with, with Jesus because they feel like they can't obtain perfection? This is why I love church boy confessions. This is why when I come to create with Kendra, I I tell y'all what the Lord allows me to tell y'all in transparency to help somebody. Yeah. It would be a disservice e if we came yeah. before the people of God and said, "You can live righteously." 
I live righteously. This is the three steps to living for Jesus. And and left it at that. Yeah. It's not possible. We fall. Every morning I pray, I ask God, forgive me for my sin. Forgive me for my thoughts that forgive me for not representing you the right way. Forget, forgive me for, for wanting or doing my will over yours. Yeah. This is a daily prayer of someone that's not even worthy. And even when I think about God has been, Oh, speaking of the prayer request, we, um, there was a prayer request we sent through the, um, the team meeting, our last meeting. And, Amen. God, God answered the prayer request. Um, but I'll Amen. say that the Lord has been exercising spiritual gifts in me to minister to other people. And yesterday I had an opportunity to minister to someone um, and they were blessed, completely blessed. And after I got off the phone with that person, I said, God, I'm not even worthy to do what you just did through me. Yeah. Like what? You just did all of that through me? Like why? I 100% can attest to that. And the reason is funny because, you know, I'm going to talk about this more because we have Bible study tonight. (laughs) Um, But it's something that I wanted to say then and I'll say it now as well that I think what's very interesting is in our process of coming to Christ, everyone, in our process of coming to Christ and acknowledging God's grace, you are going to be walked through a time period where God kind of takes you on a tour and you're going to see all of your flaws, all of your imperfections, and all of your inadequacies, your shortcomings. This is a necessary and required step in order to understand God's grace. You cannot fully understand God's grace without being somewhat knowledgeable of how dirty you are. (laughs) Oh, say that again. What? You just can't. You can't fully understand the power of God's grace, the significance of God's grace, without understanding how actually dirty you are. You better get out of here. You're dirty. But the problem is so many of us, we stop there. Like we stop with acknowledging how dirty we are. But that is not the reason why God is showing you how dirty you are. He is showing you how dirty you are so you understand the gravity of the situation. Not for you to then walk away from the situation. But if you understand like this is how much I love you. I love you so much that this is all the stuff that you do. This is all the stuff that you did. And I died for you. And now I've taken it all away. And you get to have a relationship with me. I did not show you your inadequacies in order for you to now feel like you can't have a relationship with me. I showed you your inadequacies for you to then know what my grace means and know that the very fact that you have a relationship with me is that because I love you. The very fact that we are able to be used is because he loves us. That's that's it. His love, his grace, what Jesus did for us, that's why we're worthy. Like personally, like recently I've been asked, I've been been growing in my church. Like they've been asking me to do more things, you know, and like I 
man, like that right there has been. It's like I have an overflow of like joy coming through my heart, but I can't act like there wasn't a little time where I was thinking like, man, like I am not worthy to be on that stage. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm, I am not ready for that. Like, I am not clean enough for that. And like God had to like remind me, it's like as if you ever would be worthy to get on that stage. Oh, <laughs> like you feel Uh-oh. me? Like, you wasn't ever, <laughs> you wasn't ever worthy to get on that stage. No one is worthy to get on that stage. No one is worthy. <laughs> like nobody. So it's like, <laughs> like I'll let you That's get on good. the stage. I will make you what you need to be. You know what I'm saying? But it's like we over here chasing, trying to be worthy. Ain't never gonna be. You could never send a day in your life, and you still would not be worthy. Like literally, you can say today, Emmanuel, I'm not gonna sin anymore, and I would still never be worthy to be in the presence of God because it's on me. It's my nature. It's just there. What about all the sins I've done for the past 23 years of my life? Like, what about that? You better preach. I'm about to throw my shoe at you. That's when you know the preacher real. You gotta throw your shoe at him. That is good. As if you were ever worthy. As, As if, if you're ever be worthy. Oh right. my God. As if. As, As if. if. That is good. That's good stuff. No. God is God is good. And I, it's funny because, you know, trying to tie it back to like the whole valley situation. What have you seen when when God has brought you out of those valleys, you know, when you finally made it back to the mountain peak or wherever you're at, just not the valley, what were the things that you commonly were reminded of? Or what were, whether it was verses, whether it was messages, whatever it might have been, what were those things that typically help you? Because I know it's something that, you know, is still kind of a struggle, but what are the things that typically help you? Yeah, um, I was constantly reminded that the Lord didn't bring me this far to leave me. Mm. Right. And he will never bring me to something that he can't deliver me from. That's a fact. That is a fact. And the fact that I have never, and this is not, and this is not, I'm, I'm not saying it as a cliche. I'm saying it as a witness. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Amen. I knew he was going to say that. <laughs> yeah. But seriously. Seriously. Yeah. I think there's God. real beauty in knowing that the absolute worst thing that can happen to a Christian, like the worst thing, is dying and going to spend eternity with no sorrow. And I don't even think we put enough weight on that. What do you mean by that? Because at the end of it, we win. At the end of it, we're in the presence of God. Let's say I I were to die tomorrow, right? And a lot of us, we would see it as a tragedy. Because a lot of people are going to ask yourself, oh, how can is the righteous never forsaken? But, you know... Apostle Peter got crucified upside down and John the Baptist got his head chopped off and so on and so on. And it's like people don't realize that. Yes, you can get your blessing and you can get have your happy ending here on Earth. 
And that is very attainable. And that verse encapsulates that, that the righteous never forsaken. But even when it looks like the righteous is forsaken, you're not actually forsaken. If you have Jesus Christ, because at the end of the day, worst comes to worst, somebody, God forbid, somebody comes and they kill me tomorrow. Guess what? I am with my Savior and we are eternally going to be together and I will never feel pain. I will never, never fear sorrow, feel sorrow. And I just feel like that's something that's so overlooked, you know, coming from someone who I'm so sorry. Go ahead. Go finish your thought. I was going to say coming from someone who I've always been used to trying to get everything here, trying to, you know, that's what I was trying to get everything in this life, all all the treasures. All of our treasures are here. We have to look at what is our priority. Where do we find our our store our treasures at? It's here on earth. This earth that has um time running out, this earth that's going to be destroyed with fire, like right. we don't store it in heaven. We don't store it in heaven. Because this, no matter how, what the tragedy is. If you die a tragic death, if you die peacefully, whatever that may be, this is not the end. Yeah. But when we focus on earth and not heaven, like what I admire so much about the struggle during slavery was that Mm. those that walk with Jesus had their mind on heaven. It was torture here to live as an enslaved person. Mm. But I had a savior. Yeah. Right? I had a redeemer. I had another home. So they stored their, even though they didn't have the treasure here, they stored the promises, believed the promises of God after this life. Do we think about that? Yeah, we don't. We don't. I used to watch like a lot of, and I I still kind of do, like a lot of house tours. You know, like you know those million dollar house tours, and I actually still love them. I hope I get a million dollar house one day. Okay. Um, but like a part of me was thinking, like, dang, like, what if I never was a, what if I never am able to attain this? Like, I had to really like ask myself that question. Like, I've always thought of myself being a rich man one day, but like, what if? I never became rich like and I just I just didn't attain it like how would I feel and then I started to think to myself like there's a verse and I forgot what it says but it's like in my father's house are many mansions you know it's like I'm gonna get my mansion Hello. (laughs) it might not happen when I want it you know it might not come how I want it but if we can if we really we really need to practice thinking about the next life people talking about investing in all these coins <laughs> these and all these nfts abcs <laughs> dvds i don't know but it's like how about we invest in the next life how about we invest in the fact that one day this world is going to end and there's going to be another one that con- there's going to be another one that continues after that. There's going to be another life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. 
That's um John 14 verse 2. John 14. Yeah. Verse My father's two. house have many rooms. If that were mm-hmm. not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? Mhm. I can't yeah. wait. That's funny. I just read that on my uh, podcast on Monday, but I forgot the verse. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's what the word says, you know, like that's big. That's big. That's big. And kind of I wanted to add to like the whole, you know, you being encouraged to get out of the, out of the valley because you truly believe that where God brought you to, he can deliver you out of. We see that everywhere in the scripture. Um, and one place that I absolutely love, and it's probably, I'm not going to lie, it might be running as my favorite verse, or one. it's definitely one of my favorite verses. I believe it's Psalms 34, 19. Now I have to fact check that because I want to tell people something that's not true. But I'm pretty sure it is. Yes. Um, some versions will say affliction, so I'm just going to try to say that. It says the righteous man has many afflictions. But the but Lord, the Lord delivers, delivers them out of all. All. Isn't that like such a powerful, like, <laughs> it's saying the righteous man has many problems. As a righteous man or a righteous woman through Christ, yeah. you have many problems. You will have many problems. It affirms the fact that, yeah, you're going to be in the valley. You're going to go through it. You're going to go through the rugged path. It's going to be annoying. It's going to be frustrating. It's going to be very uncomfortable many times in your life. You have many afflictions. You have many troubles. But the Lord delivers him. The Lord delivers her out of them all. That's really what got you out of the valley. Not even some of them. All yeah. of them. All. All of them. Ooh, Two people have, have told me that verse just this week. Two people have told me that verse. What? Yeah. Yeah. Amen. 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 For real. God's word is good. Any last words that you would like to say, Mrs. Amos? What's what, what's that what's that word that you really want people to get from this episode and from you personally? Take 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 the stage. Take center stage. I would say that don't get comfortable with the idea of that we will never suffer. We'll never Mm. go through things. We'll never have hard times or challenges that we deal with. But always remind yourself and rehearse the fact that God is there for us. That he'll never leave us. That he is the only source and resource that we can depend on. Mm. Even in our weakness, he's strong. Amen. 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 And somebody told me this week that his his uh, strength is perfected in our weakness. That's a big one. But for sure. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first, folks. We got to do this again one day. I'm going to take over your podcast again one day. This is amazing. Thank you for having (laughs) me, honestly. This was really dope. Thank you for gladly accepting the invitation.
for sure. Hope you guys have an amazing remainder of your week. And next time you hear from Kendra first thing, I promise. <laughs> <laughs>